there's Palm, and Palm has actions. And an action is like one, it's a thing that needs to be done. And then there are tasks, and tasks may or may not be associated with an action. And a task is a thing that needs to be done. Um, and then there are priorities. Mm-hmm. And a priority may or may not be associated to an action or to a task. Well, how would a priority not be associated with a task or an action? So a priority <laughs> is a thing that needs to be done. Um, uh. <laughs> A, pr- a priority is the a- like the actual list that like I log in for the day and see what I have to do. That list is priorities. Okay. And those priorities can be associated to actions and they can be associated to tasks. And in my experience, they are always are. Um, but a priority is like Matt joining my list of things to do with an action or a task and then adding his own notes to that connection. Okay. And a due date. I think the only thing that can have a due date is a priority. Okay. And also a priority. A priority can have a priority level, which is anywhere from one to five. (sighs) So what are you using tasks and actions for? Uh, so an action sound like different priorities. <laughs> so an action is, uh, I think, useful for Matt for like thinking about billing. That like an action in in the last week I've worked on. So there's the Palm version three action. Okay, so actions are they sound like projects? Um. There's an action that is to get in touch with this company that Matt is aware of that might need our services. That's an action. Uh, There's an action to upload a single CSV, well, format, and then upload a single CSV to one of our particular products that we make because they refuse to upload the CSV themselves. That's an action. Why is that a priority? It's a, it's a, so that CSV is something that we need for the action of custom tariffs on Slims, which is an action that spawned out of the action to add APIs to Slims. Okay. Okay. Okay, no, 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 no. I think I'm actually getting it. Okay. So what are tasks? I think I understand actions. are things... (sighs) Let me think about this. I'm trying to think about, like, what I've seen. So I mentioned that there's the... Action. And some tasks on that... 2.0 action are rewrite the 2.04 generator, which is this little batch job that you just like send it a notification and it writes this file to a particular folder. That's the 2.04 generator and we needed to rewrite it to work with the data structure. There's like update or um, put the database that we want to use onto the production server. That's an action. Or sorry, no, those are tasks. Those things I just said were tasks. Um, So there's another action that I'm working on right now, 5333, which is to update the... And that involves making changes to a couple different, like, code solutions, right? A couple different programs. Mm -hmm. Um... The tasks for that are um, update the... So there's the API and then the API, and they're both kind of part of the same action. 
testing is a task on there and then um resolve sql connection issues okay so tasks are uh they, they are connected to actions or usually one action or exclusively one action exclusively one i think it's either zero or one i've never seen a task that didn't have an action okay and priorities i'm I'm, i am a bit confused about the difference between tasks and priorities so a priority let's say for that five three 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 i had a priority that was resolve sql connection issues okay which and is that not a was task. So that's also a task. And the priority is saying, hey, this task belongs on your priorities list, which is the list that I like pull from when I need to do oh, something. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, yep. But he all like Matt, when he does that, also needs to make the priority say the same thing that the task says. The task is not, it doesn't, it's not just like an empty husk that fits a task in it. A priority mm-hmm. is a thing in and of itself that just can be associated with a task right but it makes it appear on your priority list where it otherwise right. wouldn't okay um and then i've got another priority which is design code test code review move to production and test like post move to production um for this 5333 change, which does not actually reflect the fact that there will be multiple moves to production as part of this change um, because it's a, a multi-stage thing. And so that that is also a priority related to the action of update the APIs that we're using. So that's the current information architecture. I did not get into the fact that there are... Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. Uh, so as part of 2021, 2021, that's the year it is now, 2021. 2021. So as part of 2021, uh, the year of eating my vegetables, um, you know, the, the goal and not the theme, I signed up for a CSA. What's that? Uh, yeah. And so I'd like to tell you about it. Uh, there's, it's a, it stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Ooh. Um the basic idea is that you go to a farm and you say like, hey, I want some of your farm stuff. And they say, sounds good. Give me some money. Um, right. Uh, you exchange money for goods in this case. Um, but the way that you do it is not like you're going to go to the supermarket and get a chicken. Because when Tyson sells chickens, they can sell like they can, you know, manufacture a million chickens a year. Mm-hmm. Um and they know that probably about a million chickens will sell. And if there's like 5,000 that don't in a given year, um, oh, well, they can like they have margins that can account for that. Mm-hmm. Um, where a smaller farm working on smaller margins um, could not and also does not have the same area to spread the risk out on. If you're a California farm and you're like, everybody's going to want chickens this year. And then in California, there's there's a, a no chicken diet fad. Um, then you just spent a lot of money on chickens and now nobody wants your chickens. Makes sense. Um, so with CSAs, what happens is that an upfront at the beginning of the year, you buy a share of a farm, um, which entitles you to some fraction of the farm's output. Um, and that means that then you get for the next, whatever, 20 weeks, um, organic locally produced food at the price that you paid in that upfront share. Um, and the farm knows that they have guaranteed people who are going to be getting their food for the whole season. And so they can gauge how much produce they want to make. Um, they can get seeds. They can kind of estimate, hey, we're going to have whatever, 100 shares. And so we need seeds for 100 shares. And we can afford those seeds because they already paid us for that food. Hmm. Um, so that's the basic idea of a CSA is that you just go, you find a farm, you say, hey, I would like some of your produce in the future. Here's some money. And they say, cool, we'll let you know. Sounds nice. Yeah. Um, any any questions at this point? Yeah. Is there like a farmer's market type thing that you go to to get the food? Um, yeah. So sometimes there are a lot of different models of the share that you can get. Um, 
So what I did is I got a half share and an egg share. And sometimes you can get a farmer's market share or you can get a full share or you can get a winter share. There's a lot of different options. Okay. Um, and so a farmer's market share would be something where you get a like x number of credits to spend when you see them at a farmer's market you can say hey i'm part of your csa i would like to take this carrot and they will say great that'll be four dollars from your farmer's market share for that that one very expensive carrot um (laughs) uh but most of the time what happens is that you will go to pick up a box um and especially now covid times um you really don't want people touching the food and so you don't want to like have to go and pick stuff up uh some of the farmers nope some of the csas in this area uh do have like a little bit more of a selection process so you go in and you say hey i would like to make carrot soup so give me some carrots give me some onions um Mm -hmm. give me some leafy greens because i like those um and you just can do that once a week for 20 weeks because of your share. Um, some do like that. Some do you get to pick 10 vegetables and they drop them off at your front door. Some do you go to a pickup spot and you just get a box and they just hand you a box and they say, hey, we grew a bunch of kohlrabi this week. So here's some kohlrabi and some onions or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with that one because I don't like making decisions. <laughs> So I want to just go get a box of vegetables and be like, oh, okay, I guess I need to figure out how to cook kohlrabi now. Um, that sounds very that, cool. Yeah. And that's very much in the vibe of 2021 year of eating my vegetables is expanding my vegetable horizons a little bit more. Yeah. Vegetables just arrive at a location that you have. Right. Do you pick up or do you get them? Or are they delivered? I'm doing a pickup. Okay. so um, And it's kind of a mixed actually where you say, hey, they're... They're just going to give you whatever full for kohlrabi and you get to say, do I want onions or do I want asparagus? Right, right. So is there an implication uh, when you're paying for your share? Is there an implication of like, this is going to be roughly the same amount of money that you would pay at a grocery store? Or is it also, are you thinking, or is there more of a, this is also supporting the farm? Um, it, it definitely depends on sure what you're doing and what the farm is. Um, but there's an implication that it's like in the area of what you would pay at the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, with in mind the fact that it's organic, that it's yeah locally sourced, all those things. Right. So it might be a little more expensive or it might just be that they can make a bunch of, it's a great onion year and you get twice as many onions as the money that you spent would have bought you at the supermarket. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and so there is like also this benefit that it kind of puts you more in tune with thinking about how the weather affects the food and all of those pieces. Right. Yeah. Like why wouldn't, if there's more onions, why not get more onions? Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I got the idea to do this. Um, I mean, I, I had seen, I think my dad actually was a part of a CSA, um, when I was younger and he's going to text me and and be like, oh yeah, I was, um, I'm, I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, but the book that I got for cooking vegetables, Roughage, has a whole big section in the front about like, hey, you can buy vegetables at the supermarket, but if you can join a CSA, um, it's going to put you more in tune with like local food and kind of thinking about how to turn your local food into something you can eat, which is really cool. That's uh, cool. Really cool ideal. Um, I'm also doing an egg share, I think I said, and that mm-hmm. I think comes out to about $5 per dozen eggs that I get which is more than I would normally spend on eggs for sure. Um, but I also am a big fan of, of local eggs. And do they taste better or? Yeah, I think so. In, in my experience, they taste better and are better like on their own. Like I've had just fried eggs that were like high quality eggs. And that's a much better experience than like a single fried egg from pick and save or whatever like the cheapest egg you can get at pick and save okay is not gonna make quite the same result as a a nice like a more expensive egg a free range pasture fed all those sorts of things like actually do concretely um have an impact on the egg that you eat in the end it's not that funny i'm just (laughs) um and also it makes me feel good that the that the eggs are happy you know 
Um, so when when you buy a CSA, are is it too like a? I, I suppose are you buying it for a particular farm, or is it more of a a bunch of farms in the area get together and sell CSAs together? Um, I can definitely imagine there being multiple farms and i think there are some like specialty farms that will piggyback off of another farm when i was looking around there were some that it was like hey we do this and you can also get a maple syrup share for (laughs) however much per year and that just means that in spring when we bring you your box of food we will also bring you maple syrup from dave's maple syrup farm down the street i see um but i think most of the time the produce is coming from one particular farm neat yeah um, and so the Urban Ecology Center, um, which is a couple blocks from me here in Milwaukee, um, don't be creepy, had an event on like, hey, if you're interested in CSAs, um, most of the time they would be having an actual like CSA fair mm-hmm. where you go into the building and you go to each of the tables and you say like, hey, what's your CSA have for me? How does it work? Do I, am I going to have to make decisions day of, or can I just receive a box? Can I do, I have only got two people in my family. Do you have a box that works for two people? Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, they instead just had like a little slideshow presentation about CSAs and stuff. And so they linked us to some CSAs, but they also told us to check out Local Harvest, um, which is just a website that has a bunch of CSAs and farms and farmers markets and that kind of thing all collected. And so that's where I ended up going. And I found Old Plank Farm, which is in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Nice. Yeah. If I was interested in finding a CSA in my area, uh-huh. what should I do? Um, I'd say pretty soon. I think that like this March time is the best for uh finding a csa and you could look at local harvest you could just google like my city csa um might give you some results uh but definitely local harvest has had a lot of information um all under one roof as opposed to having to go to each individual website for each individual farm but it does look like madison has a farm csa coalition there's like reviews and stuff Neat. So yeah, there are a lot of um, different places to get that information. It's not there's not like one big CSA clearinghouse, um, but there's a lot of different places to get it um, because each each community is going to have their own kind of CSA group, and then some farms might also cross post on a different website or on their own website only or whatever it is. Um, you will have a lot of places to look for sure. <laughs> Ah, yes. It's a federated system. Please deliver a box of cheese to my house. (laughs) Every week. Every week. Give me more cheese. That's cool. I like it. And I would like more things like it. Um, Then I have great news for you, which is that the United States Department of Agriculture uh, has a grant program to incentivize farms and food hubs um, working on uh local food initiatives neat do uh, they do they say why they're doing that it seems a little out of character uh i don't i don't think so because i think local food is it's a really easy win it's a thing you can point to and not many people go like ah more local food is bad actually turns out local food is bad and we don't want that yeah okay. i only want my <laughs> onions from california um because if you want your onions from California, you can go to the supermarket and get your onions from California. But if you just want onions, uh, probably it makes more sense to get them from a local place that uses um, farming methods that don't just like rapidly deplete the soil uh, the way that farming can. I followed this one person who talks about building soil all the time on Twitter years ago, and I still see their stuff on the feed sometimes and i don't understand everything they're saying but i think it's all very interesting and a part of that is that like the way that we grow things now if you have monoculture crops if you just grow corn in the same field year after year after year um the soil runs out of the stuff that makes corn and has too much of the stuff that corn doesn't need Mm -hmm. um and so uh, in a smaller farm that you're spending a little bit more on or might be spending a little bit more on that they're working with organic things they have um it's like easier to scale 
and say, hey, we've got 20 people working on the right amount of land for 20 people to be working on and the right amount of crops for 20 people to be working on and that kind of thing. It's easier to do um, some of the more like sustainable, organic kind of practices. Nice. Um, Technically, the District of Columbia is eligible for the same grants. Which is, like, great. I think that's important. It's also, like, Puerto Rico, all the places that aren't states. It was like, you need to be in a state, or you can be in Puerto Rico, D.C., all those. Uh, but but I don't think there's any farmable land in D.C. I think it's probably all either county parks or, like, somebody's house. Or, like, the Capitol building itself, I guess. That's another option. I wouldn't know. I did look into some sample projects that have gotten this grant because it's a government grant and you can just go on the internet and be like, hey, what, who got this grant before and what oh. for? And they will just tell you. Okay. Uh, so there's a couple different grants that I was looking at. One is, I've forgotten the name already. Let me look it up. L-F-P-P. Uh, so there's the local food promotion program. And then there is also another one. Let me figure out what that one's called. The Farmer's Market Promotion Program. And uh, from what I can tell, CSAs usually uh, will more often be part of the Farmer's Market Promotion Program. And local food is a little bit more like thinking about how to get a collection of farms in an area to all work together to like sell to hospitals or something um, Mm -hmm. where that institution needs a pretty reliable hey, we can just go to you guys and get all of our beef, all of our tomatoes, whatever, and make a soup and not be like, okay, I want to think about going to the farmer's market and I got to get the stuff for soup and then I got to, you know, yeah, um, or like different scales of thinking about food. Uh, so the local food, I have already forgotten. Acronyms hurt me in my brain. Um, local food promotion program. Um I look specifically at things in Wisconsin that have happened around it. Uh, we've got Brick Cider, who's aggregating cider from local farmers to be delivered on delivered online. And they're seeking this grant to do that and then to advertise their aggregated cider options. And they wanted the government to know that they're using Agile Project Management to do this. Um which I respect because probably the the government said like, hey, you got to make sure you tell us how you're sure that this thing is actually going to happen. And they were like, we're going to use Agile. And that's how. Um, <laughs> ah, startup flashbacks. Um, there's also the UW Board of Regents who got $369,809 to execute uh, their plan to build financial resilience in pivoting food hubs through digital in-person financial management training and national consultant interventions in 2020. These words hurt me, Zach. And I was like, that's a lot of words, and not enough of them made sense to me for me to pull out a meaning from that title. Uh, So I clicked on, like, the abstract of it, and they were like, food hubs need to change with the time. And I said, that sounds great. Time sure are changing. What's a food hub? (laughs) Uh... (laughs) And so a food hub is an organization that manages the aggregation, distribution, and marketing for a group of farms in a specific region, usually, um, to direct them to institutions, restaurants, and stores. So that's the, like, by our powers combined, we will give you a reliable food supply chain. Okay. Um, but you can't just have a bunch of farms doing that. You, like, need to have a intermediate layer that's like, hey, we're going to interface with the farms and the hospitals. So the farms only have to talk to the hub and hospitals only have to talk to the hub. Uh, And if that still sounds confusing, don't you worry, because the UW Board of Regents is going to train 170 consultants and hub managers, uh, consult with 238 food hubs and reach 1,100 producers. That's a lot of producers. Yeah. Um, I am not solid on what it means for a food hub to change with the time. I don't quite know what that means. Uh, gotta make sure your APIs are maintained. Uh-huh. Uh, rewrite it in Kotlin. Put it on AWS. <laughs> Install Jekyll. Probably don't use it, though. Food as a service. Food as a service. It'd be neat to do a, a restaurant that just is subscribed to a bunch, or not subscribed, but, like, has a bunch of... <laughs> I can't 
What? I just finish your thought. I have uh, another slightly funnier thought, maybe. Uh, it's not really meant to be funny. Okay. Um, but uh, a restaurant just like gets a bunch of CSA boxes and uh, just the chef just makes whatever they got this week. Yeah. Um, that is very expensive. Um, it's a really, really cool idea. And I think there are um, some places in Milwaukee actually that do basically that. Um, I think that's the appeal of like farm to table type <laughs> restaurants too. Um, but they also try to have more of like a stable stock. Right. My idea was you take a restaurant and you just subscribe to a bunch of like meal prep boxes. <laughs> it's HelloFresh, except we make it for you. <laughs> vegetarian? No problem. We got the vegetarian box. <laughs> I think it's like Blue Apron, but you don't have to cook yourself. Mm-hmm. So my my top two contenders for a name would be Blue Napkin, Blue Napkin, and just good. Blue. <laughs> no apron involved. Uh, in Arizona, there was a project to provide farmers training, improve marketing for farms in Rosebird Gardens, uh, who are partners of Rosebird Gardens. Build a local food aggregation model that sources locally but also regionally when needed, and expand the CSA distribution model. So, like, a lot of these grants tell pretty similar stories of, like, hey, we're just trying to um, form this group yeah. to act as a food hub. Um, There's a bunch of farms. There are people who want food. We're going to act right. as a middleman. Right. Um, and then there's the Board of Regents who are like, the food hubs don't know what they're doing and we're going to tell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the Farmer's Market pro- Promotion Program, which is a little right. bit more the, like, in the weeds looking at... Um, direct uh producer to consumer relationships so things like csas like farmers markets um we've got the uw border regions again this time with four hundred ten thousand dollars uh for expanding value chains and cultivating resources for upper midwest grain growers um and this is still a little bit about institutions um but it's also about like getting institutions to interface directly with um the farms so like a hospital or a prison or something could be like hey we want your grains northern wisconsin farmers um and then get those grains and they're going to develop sales opportunities and categorize grain shed infrastructure i don't know what into but they're going to categorize it um they're going to publish robust educational tools to support grain growers and also recipes for institutions who want to use those grains which i think is the coolest part i get that like the whole story is very important but the like the recipe book at the end <laughs> right a recipe book at the on. end because it's something i can't be like ah yeah food supply chains that's a thing that i constantly think about but i can be like ah recipes to use the local food okay um, yeah yeah uh there's a grant to develop a farm bus which is a little bit like a roving farmer's market for one particular farm, which I thought was pretty cool. It's kind of funny. That's in Georgia. I like that. It's like the bookmobile, but yeah. food. A food truck, but different. <laughs> DIY. It's HelloFresh, but for food, food trucks. <laughs> uh, the farm that I signed up with did get a USDA grant, but I'm not sure which one because the 2021 um, grant proposals... And mm. that have been accepted have not yet been released I see. um it looks like they might be around september december kind of time so i'll check back in follow down down so that's all the csa information i gathered <laughs> thank you that was great yeah i that was a csa's were a thing i was previously unaware of oh okay yeah it's cool it's i think local food is cool um and I'm really glad that there are government efforts to make it more robust. Yeah. Because otherwise it would just be a bunch of individual actors um, working in a un- totally uncoordinated way. Um, and it's really hard to make meaningful change like that. Is that the problem with the IndieWeb as well? Do we need the government to step in with IndieWeb? Grants for... Okay, wait, actually. <laughs> I'd <You> see... Want... <laughs> This is our this is our pitch to uh, the U.S. government. Okay, so we know Facebook is terrible. Uh, uh-huh. You know Zuckerberg's been on in in uh, 
has gone before Congress many times to say sorry. What if you help build a competitor that is guaranteed to be less terrible (laughs) because it's not really a competitor, it's just a federated system? Well, and I think in the same way that there are grants here to be like, hey, we're going to we're going to make a federation, right? That's all these food hub grants. They're like, hey, we're just going to get together a bunch of farms who want to achieve similar things and mm-hmm. make it happen. Um, what department would it belong to? What department would write those grants? Uh, based on the conversation we had, when did we talk about USDA, Biden's USDA? That was a couple episodes ago. Yeah, Tom Vilsack. Yeah, based on that conversation, I assume it goes to Department of Agriculture. <laughs> Perhaps no, defense. But if you want a grant to uh, build rural housing, multifamily rural housing, you might uh, be like, ah, oh, that goes to the Department of Housing and Urban Development. The housing grant might go to the housing department. But no, it's the rural grants subsection of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Make a new department. Yes, and then we'll never That's get also rid of what it. I'm thinking. I learned something in high school, basically to the tune of if you ever make a new section of government, a, a new de- department of something, uh, you know, something with a secretary, mm-hmm. um, it's basically impossible to get rid of, <laughs> despite it never like even if it. It might get, like, changed and morphed, but, like, the people working there will basically be the same. So if we were to make a department of IndieWeb, it would just be there forever. Well, I'm thinking, like, it's got to be a wider net than just the department of IndieWeb. I agree with you. Um, That being said, though, the Postal Service used to be a government department and used to have a cabinet position. Um, And now... They are in danger. They're not like gone, but uh, so like it's possible. We just need to, it needs to be a years long effort to undercut it. Yeah. Like generation by generation. It's it's doing a really good job. (laughs) (laughs) Like I feel, I like my uh, mental, my mental image of the postal service is very positive. What if we make our CSA based federation but we make it national and we assign uh nfts to it nfts uh non-fungible tokens all the rage in the crypto world zach it was a pro it was a topic that i researched and forgot to put on the agenda um and now is not on the agenda and i was just making a joke about it hoping that you would just laugh along with me <laughs> next episode <laughs> Okay, so that's the... I've been hearing a lot of people in my feed talking about crypto art. Yeah, yeah, same stuff. And that's the... Non-fungible tokens. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing, Zach. I have a lot to say, but I'm not going to say it because mm-hmm. spoilers. Okay. It, it could be like the Department of Communications or something. The Department of Cat Pictures. There you go. And they just kind of like as a byproduct also allow us to communicate in a way that doesn't yeah, it's uh, like, algorithmically uh... ruin democracy perfect because who's like who's going to vote against cat pictures yeah you'd, you'd be a fool mm-hmm. you do some uh fosta sesta stuff in there too just throw that in there can't say no to that you can't say no to it because i don't know what it means uh that's do you remember sopa which must have been when we were in middle school yeah i remember it to some degree fosta sesta is just like the the newest oh like Hey, we need to write a lot of rules about the internet to protect um, human trafficking victims. But actually, shh, don't tell anybody. We're just making it harder to be a sex worker um, or like do anything on the internet because we don't understand how computers work and we write these laws so vaguely that they can just be applied to whatever. Yay! So we just do something like that. We say, hey, we're, it's it's about human trafficking and cat pictures. <laughs> okay, here's the plan. New government uh, department, agency, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cat pictures, and we say, your job is to manage the internet. Go ahead. and But don't... You know how Google Google and Facebook and wh- whatever other companies that like use uh, algorithms to fund their main business? 
or like mm-hmm. they they almost always keep the algorithms a secret or like how they work what they do what they look for okay we do the same thing with this department there are, you don't get to know the rules but we will just smack down the ban hammer <laughs> 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 so like you just there's no like oh we're not human trafficking we're moving people across borders without their permission <laughs> and there's not there's none of that it's just like i uh i think this is human trafficking bam done you, you're off mm-hmm. the internet right your robots not txt was 10 letters too long so now you're not allowed to do anything on the internet ever exactly Right now is a particularly good time to buy CSAs because of the season. Right. That's accurate. Um, And you you know what else it's great to do because of the season? Be a better person. Oh. What were you going to say? Sledding. So the uh, the seasons will be changing. Probably, like, before this episode is released, but maybe the day that this episode is released. Who knows? Um, and as such, it's time for new themes to to come about. Um, I don't have a new theme prepared today, uh, but I just wanted to warn you, uh, Jared, that new themes are coming, and there will be a pop quiz <laughs> about your theme. Multiple choice. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I did well on my theme. Strongly disagree to strongly agree. My theme helped me accomplish my goals. Uh, oh, I was thinking, like, what's your theme? Well, yeah, spring there's of, that. Um, spring of hat wearing. Spring of closing doors. Spring of goes under a bed. <laughs> spring of motion. Those, those are your four options. Not much of a pop quiz now, is it? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I know one question. It's not like I know all the answers. Uh huh. Do you have any like general directions you want to share with us? I'm not sure that my theme will take up all of spring. Hmm. It might. I don't know yet. What What gives you that uh, impression? Uh, Jared, if you want an answer to that question, you can listen to the after show. All right. All right. Do you have some, some vague writings in the mist? Sort of. I've been, I feel like I've been have my themes have been way too vague recently. I need to dial it in a little bit more because like between fall and winter and the summer before that, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like my life changed very much and I don't feel like I made... I don't think I was thinking about these extremely vague notions as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like to have it more focused. Now that I've said it out loud, Spring of Motion would be a pretty good one. It certainly has a nice ring to it. Uh-huh. Zach will be like the shark. Can't stop moving. Has to keep swimming. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he can't breathe. Mm-hmm. I sleep on a treadmill now. <laughs> It's not turned on. Just I like the way it feels. <laughs> and if you want to just stay in motion all the time, you're going to need some energy. Right. Maybe you want some uh, coffee or tea to mm-hmm. help you stay awake. Yeah, you might. Um, and you might want to uh, want to put a creamer of sorts into that drink. Um, but something that I know really keeps me from being in motion is, uh, when I have a dairy product and it makes my stomach very upset. Um, and so something I try to do while I'm, while I'm getting in these, these energizing drinks is not cause something, um, you know, in the future, right? This is themes are all about thinking towards the future. And so if I'm thinking towards the future while I'm drinking my coffee or my tea, I want to be thinking about how do I not make my stomach upset with this coffee or tea? And the answer is uh, you use a non-dairy ad- 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 additive. That's the word. Something non-dairy for you to add in there uh, could be like a, an almond milk or an oat milk or a pea milk. Um, they do, I saw one the other day, it was pilly nut. Um, so that's an option now, I guess. Pilly nut. Uh, 
but and I'm here to tell you about Natural Bliss Vanilla Almond Milk All Natural Liquid Coffee Creamer. Um, do note it; they do say milk in there. Hmm. They do say almond milk creamer. So Nestle is not at all afraid of uh, milk. <laughs> you <laughs> Big know, milk. I I think that's fair. Nestle is kind the of world the large would extremely... be a better place if Nestle was more afraid of things. But <laughs> yeah. um, on this thing in particular. I think it's probably fine that they use the word milk. Um, so uh, this is if you've ever had like coffee mate creamer before, which is like the creamer to have from what I can tell. That's like if you're going to get a brand name creamer, it's going to be this Nestle coffee mate stuff. Um, yeah, it's like thick and sweet and there's a bunch of different yeah. flavors. And it's not like sugar sweet, but it is very sweet. I think it's probably... Oh, it is cane sugar. It doesn't taste like cane sugar, so that's really interesting. Hmm. Um, so what I was going to say is that it really does not taste like it has sugar in it. It tastes like whatever sweetener they use in these creamers usually is. Um, and I guess that's sugar and it just doesn't... There's something else about it that tastes like not sugar. Yeah, I imagine there's some like default flavors that they put in just to make it mesh better with the coffee. Mm -hmm. um and so i had this with tea all the times that i had it it was pretty good with those um i have heard i have seen reports i should say that uh if you put it into coffee some batches will split um so they will go like cloudy you can Mm kind of see where the creamer is and is not um i did not experience that with my tea and with my particular bottle that i had um, but that's something to keep in mind I think if you are looking for a creamer, it's a it's a pretty good alternative creamer. But I have learned uh, in the last couple excursions into the world of creamers, uh, non-dairy creamers, that I am not looking for a creamer. I'm just looking for a little milk that I can splash in my tea. That's very good to know. Uh, what rating would you give this in uh, Federations? Probably... Oh, this joke would be funnier if I could remember anything but the Federation of Planets. Because I wouldn't give it the Federation of Planets, because that's, like, pretty up there. Right. Um, Maybe, like, Mastodon. That's pretty low, I'd, I'd say, on the grand scale of Federations. Yeah, I th- it was what I expected, and it didn't blow me away, and I don't think I'm going to try it again. Am I spelling Mastodon right? <laughs> It's all O's, except for the A. Yeah, no, I had it right. All right. Now you know, Jared. Boy, we sure are going to put some pre-show in this one, huh? Oh, yeah. I I didn't realize that this was just a PSA. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can talk about NFTs if you want. Uh, do Do you feel prepared? We can... I can give like a little teaser for sure. Um, I know enough to be dangerous. Okay. I can give you the rundown. Um, I like that, yeah. So, let's see here. So, almond milk is great, Mm -hmm. but how do you know who owns it? It's just kind of whoever is holding it at the moment is presumed Uh to own it. That's an important question I ask myself all the time. When I open up my fridge, I go, whose milk is this? (laughs) (laughs) Well... Uh, in the digital era, we have ways right. to keep track of who owns what now. You're welcome. There are these things called NFTs, and they are all the rage in the crypto sphere. Uh, they stand for NFT stands for non fungible token, as opposed to a fungible token like a dollar. A dollar is one dollar bill is worth is entirely exchangeable with any other dollar bill or four quarters or 10 dimes these are all the same value okay a non-fungible token is not uh exchangeable for any other non uh non-fungible token so So it's an an incomparable token it is comparable you can't assign a monetary value to it (sighs) but you just like one like one bitcoin is the same amount is one bitcoin is one bitcoin or okay but Where, one, like this bitcoin is the is is my almond milk and that bitcoin is your almond milk 
Yeah. Yeah. Or my my Bitcoin might be this piece of art I drew and yours might be an almond milk. And so they can be compared, but you couldn't be like this art is your almond milk. The way that I could be like this Bitcoin and that Bitcoin are the same thing. Yeah. So we should stop calling them Bitcoins because they're not. Um, okay. It, I just think it's confusing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically what you're looking at is uh, on the Ethereum blockchain, most of the time, uh, you can set up a system in which you create a cryptographic hash, basically, of, let's say, a piece of art, digital art. Mm-hmm. And you so and then you say on the blockchain, this is mine. I own this because I because I drew it. And you can give on the blockchain, and uh, you you can give someone your non fungible token, which is which is representing ownership of this piece of art. But now, do they have the art? They don't have the art, but they do have ownership over the art. My so I use um mint recently uh the intuit product the intuit product mint um i have used in the past i should say and recently not a sponsor sent me an email that was like hey do you want to invest in art and the way that they made it sound was like an art mutual fund where a bunch of people put in some money to own art that is then not in your house And I don't understand the appeal of owning a fraction of a piece of art that does not live in your house. So this is the end of where I try to sound neutral about this. (laughs) Because you bring up the exact point that basically everyone is bringing up, which is that this is nothing. You're just you're selling fake ownership of fake things. Not fake things, real things, real art, mm-hmm. but digital art, usually. Photos, photos or something. Um, I think whoever did, is it Nyan Cat? Okay. Recently put Nyan Cat up on, like sold it for a couple do- dollars or millions of dollars. I can't remember. Like but, I said, I haven't researched this very well yet. So can i still go on the internet and see neon cat yes neon cat yes that's the thing this is this is the fundamental difference between owning art in real life and owning art on the internet which is that there's still no way to prevent copy and paste it's just all bits but the point of owning it is reducing the ownership of art to its resale value it's like owning a star or something. It's like this pseudo, mm-hmm. like metaphysical sense of ownership, and um, that's silly in my opinion. Like, just the concept is stupid, but also it's turning malicious, right? Because when artists are, because crypto bros were like, "Hey, artists, look at this. Shit. This is this is cool. This will help you." Uh, claim ownership over your art and the artists are like copyright law kind of already does that and (laughs) um i want real money not bitcoins right so the crypto bros started taking their taking someone else's art putting it on the blockchain as their own and selling someone else's selling the deed or whatever to someone else's art I think I saw someone do that with literally the Mona Lisa a couple of years ago on one, you know, one of these sites before it became yeah. the the cultural moment that it is today. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Those are it. Nothing's changing necessarily for the artists, but it's like money that they that like should be going to them because their art and and also it's killing the planet because it's really difficult to. Like computationally, blockchain is a nightmare. And right. yeah. My friend was posting the other day about this kind of thing, and they had a website that you could go to to see how much energy had been spent on any given piece of art. Like, ah, this art cost the electric consumption of an EU household for one year or whatever. Um, whatever the, the actual number was, it, it put it into terms like that. And that's. <laughs> Not what we need in this particular moment. No. 
No. Has anybody thought about doing something in the crypto space about <laughs> air pollution? <laughs> Look at this. This is terrible. How can we use blockchain to make this better? I think that guy deleted his account now. Yeah, he did last time we talked about it. Okay. Because I recently went through that episode. Um. Anyway, NFTs are stupid. And um, like, usually I am in a position where I'm like, man, Bitcoin fucking sucks. Why do we do this? Also, Bitcoin's really cool from like a computer science <laughs> standpoint. Uh-huh. But this time I'm like, it's really not that interesting. Like not significantly more interesting than blockchain right. in general. So like, I doubly don't care about it. And I, I say I don't care about it, but I'm planning to do multiple hours of research trying to understand <laughs> exactly how it works. We have really done a full 180, huh? This was one of the like original challenges of the podcast, one of the original through lines besides dairy politics was how do we take a digital book collection and make it feel like a real book collection? And a part of that was like, I want to be able to give my friend a book that I have that I own. Yeah. And we were like, the way to do that, obviously, yeah, is blockchain. I, I, I wrote a thing about that, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You're entirely correct. That's, uh... And, like, NFTs oops. would definitely have been the way to do that. Right, yeah. Amazon just says, we're going to generate 100,000 copies of Harry Potter 13. <laughs> and we're going to sell it on the blockchain and you can give it to it's just you know it works like a normal thing it's just that every time you want to read it you need to go double check with the blockchain that you own it Mm -hmm. and also every time you give it to your friend it costs you know ten thousand kilowatt hours (laughs) and then if it's just a borrowing and they give it back to you libraries would be uh just a nightmare it (laughs) We were ahead of our time, Zach. We could have been mm-hmm. we could have been crypto bros. We really could have. I could have been a lot of things and I'm very glad <laughs> I'm not any of them. That's how I feel. It's a big mood. <laughs> like I don't know if I'm I'm at peak Zach yet. I don't know if I've gotten there. Probably not. I hope not. Um You're certainly not at low you're not at uh Valley Zach. Yeah. That's not to say that, like, I- I'm just agreeing with you. I'm not saying that you were a terrible person. I don't think you were. <laughs> I don't think, I think you I, are. I think there, there were points where I could have become Australia peak Zach, which is to say it's really a valley. I'm just upside down. <laughs> okay. The only way I would have known was the Coriolis effect. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. This episode was recorded in a boundless void outside of time. We apologize for offending any puritanical, Trotskyist, postmodern, or eighth-wave feminist sensibilities. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Jared, if you want to tell us your themes... Or if you have your art um, in a fungible token, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at 